From high atop the world headquarters of Southeastern Fly, this is the Southeastern Fly Podcast. This is a mailboat episode. And today, on the mailboat, I got a question from Adam. I'm not going to tell you Adam's last name, but I think we've all been in and out of some of these situations before. But Adam writes, my buddy thinks the way he fly fishes is the only way that's worthy of fly fishing. What do you think? Well, hey Adam, this is uh, this isn't the easiest one. Now, I don't know exactly what kind of uh, fly fishing your your friend is doing. Uh, as a matter of fact, Adam, you didn't even tell me exactly what type of uh, fly fishing you like to do. But so I'm going to liken my answer the way I come up with my answer to the way I shoot skeet. I'm just going to start blasting. Hopefully, I hit something. So let's talk fly English first. And this is for your friend. So your friend could be the I know everything about everything English. This this person reads a book, reads every book, watches every video they can get their hands on. They attend every seminar within a three-mile or three-hour radius. They think by doing all that, they're going to know more than the fish know about themselves. And usually that leaves them full of useless knowledge because I'm not sure they really listen. And if you ask them for advice, I highly recommend not doing this. But if you do, uh, just plan to be there for a while. We've all had that. We've all known that person. Then there's the the fashionista fisher uh, who spends a lot of time picking out their wardrobe in the morning or the night before. or picked it out a couple of days before, just so they're ready. And then that that leaves little time for them to work on their fly fishing skills. So how you spend your time uh, is a direct correlation to a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times how productive you're going to be on the river and how much you're going to enjoy your time, whether it's just to get away or it's to get away and forget about something. This uh, the fashionista has uh, always has the latest wardrobe and the latest gear. Now, the word, latest wardrobe can come from, I don't know, Orbis, Sims, Columbia, fill in the blank, however you want to. Uh, and the latest gear can come from anywhere as well. And they're they're full of the latest gear. They have a lot of gear. And they always have the Orbis catalog on the dash of their, their crossover. Uh, they spend a lot of time in the parking lot talking to other people about gear and 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 what they're going to do, what they need to do, what kind of gear they need, what kind of how their clothes affect how they fish. But they also gripe when it comes to getting down to the river and there's no place to fish. So spending time in the parking lot, direct correlation to how quick you can get on the river to fish. Then there's the overprepared angler. This is, this is a lot like the, the fashionista as far as gear goes. The overprepared angler, they really have a lot of gear. They have enough gear to start their own fly shop. They've got multiple rods and multiple reels that match those rods, lines of all colors, spools full of lines, spools for every reel, extra spools for every reel, fly boxes, all that stuff is organized in their truck or their SUV or their car. Their house has got to look like the inside of a fly shop. With all the stuff they have in their truck or their vehicle, just imagine what their garage or their basement looks like. But these people never sell anything. They keep it all. They're kind of like hoarders. Uh, let you see on TV. I've seen commercials for Hoarders. I think that was the name of that show. Anyway, instead of keeping Burger King wrappers and 
milkshake cups, they keep fly fishing stuff. They also they don't really catch a lot of fish either because they're too busy shining and keeping up with the latest gear that they're going to use. Then switching gears just a little bit, there's Big Fish Bobby. We've all seen Big Big Fish Bobby in the fly shop or maybe at a fishing show. But Big Fish Bobby just can't, he can't stop talking about that big one that maybe he caught five years ago or she caught five years ago. Also, they can tell you what the weather was that day, what the temperature was, the wind, the cloud cover, all of that. River levels, how many people were on the river, who all they saw, clothes they were wearing, the, the water temps. They can take you through that fish step for step for step. Usually, usually they're a one-hit wonder. And I was thinking about one-hit wonders the other day. And I was thinking, what? who is a one-hit wonder that I, I kind of grew up on? And it came down to Dexie's Midnight Runners. They were 80s group. They had one hit, Eileen, something. Anyway, Eileen was, was in the name. Can't remember the name of it. But Big Fish Bobby is a lot like that. They're a one-hit wonder. They, instead of spending that time focusing on what they want to focus on and uh, getting better at their craft, they're busy with their picture picture on their phone showing everybody. And I think we're all probably guilty of the phone thing. But again, direct correlation of time spent versus production. Then there's the Euro number. All right. So now we're, we're really shifting gears. Now we're going to pick on some people. And just for your information, I've probably been every one of these people. Uh, and if I haven't been every one of these people, then I'm still working through some of it. But Euro nymphing is a funny name for high sticking, which was uh, probably came into to being somewhere in, in Appalachia uh, many, many years ago. There's no casting involved. You don't need a flat bill hat, although, wait a minute. Yeah, you do need a flat bill hat. And flat bill hats are okay because if you think about a flat bill hat, it rests on top of your glasses. Uh, on top of your polarized sunglasses, surely to goodness you have polarized sun, sunglasses. If not, check out the overprepared angler, and I'm sure he has an extra pair somewhere in his truck. But those flat bill hats rest real good on the on top of your uh, of your polarized glasses, and you can actually just pull them down there and make them touch and, and block out even more sunlight. Didn't think about that whenever we started thinking about flat bill hats. Not that I have one. These folks drink a lot of Red Bull. Not sure what it is about Red Bull and Monster Energy, but oh boy, some folks can put them put that away. They're they're always tying up heavy beaded flies with thin bodies and trying to get them deep. But I'm not sure the fish are always deep. But anyway, they do catch a lot of fish. There are, there's no there are no elegant casts needed here. You don't have to know how to do much of any kind of cast except for maybe a tuck cast, and then you can just flop it over into the water. You're going to need to grab a cider from the from the fly shop, though, just so you'll know about where your fly is. And do we ever really know where our fly is? Let's stop just here just for a second. Oh, everybody talks about, I know my fly is doing this, and I think my fly is doing that, and my favorite saying is, I like to get it down in front of their face so the fish have to make a decision. But we don't really know what the fly is doing underwater when we're niffing, do we? I mean, if you do, you might be fishing in some real clear, slow-moving water, so from time to time you kind of know what it's doing. but really kind of hard to figure out what that fly is doing down there. You're just tossing it in there hoping for the best, and Euro numbers are the same way. In, in, related, in, in addition to that Red Bull, they discovered Pap's Blue Ribbon. Now, I know that some of the older folks out there that are listening to this are thinking the same thing I'm thinking. 
Pat's Blue Ribbon's been around a while. I remember when it was 25 cents a can, if that. Because, and why do I remember that? Because back in the day, whenever that was, back in the day, I had to drink cheap beer because I couldn't afford anything else. You always spot these folks too because they're eating some granola, granola bar or something like that. You know, high sticking, like I said, it's been around for, for a lot of years in Appalachia. So I think instead of Euro nipping, I'm just going to continue to keep on calling it high sticking. Streamer junkies. All right. I went into a fly shop not too long ago and the young man was in there and he asked me, Hey, you've been fishing? I was like, Yeah, 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 I've been fishing. Told in the river I was fishing. He says, We're going there tomorrow. We're going to fish streamers. I was like, Okay. <laughs> so a streamer junkie thinks if you ain't fishing streamers, you ain't fishing. And that's kind of the that's the vibe I got. They're always talking about throwing the meat. I don't know about that, but they'll spend hours on a single pattern, no tying it up, just so so. But I wonder, do they ever look at it whenever it gets wet? What's it look like when it's wet? I just finished tying up some flies, filled the sink up with water, and went in there and threw the flies in the sink and picked them out after they got good and soaked, just to kind of see what they were going to look like. That's my first step. We'll go out and test them later, but right now it's just, how do they look when they're wet? They claim their patterns are the most successful, and I'm going to move on from that. And I don't want to, I don't want to get into that contest there. But I wonder sometimes, do they even know how to present a dry and and feel the the good feelings of getting a, a eat on the dry fly? I love fishing streamers, but mm, I love the dry too. Do they know how to get a clean drift on a nymph? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. If they're all about streamers and are streamer junkies, they probably think. Streamers are the only way to catch a big fish, and I'm here to tell you right now, folks, that simply is not true. Not true at all. They throw the groceries or they go home. That's about the way that that's about their experience, and that's not really that hard. It's nice to catch nice fish on big streamers and all that, but really, how much skill does it take to throw it out there and drag it back? It's cool, and I like it, but. I mean, really, anybody can swing a fly, right? Strip a line. I'm just saying that's not really as big a deal. Maybe it's what we make it out to be. Then there's the nymph guy. This dude spends some time making intricate patterns and thinking through and different sizes, has four or five fly boxes full of different nymph patterns and sizes of nymph. Usually, a lot of times, not usually, but a lot of times these nymph guys are on one of two different cranes, either one. They're on the all synthetic material. Oh, you got to have the latest, greatest synthetic this and synthetic that. But then there's the other fashion that is on the all natural material. I mean, I think they stop and get roadkill off the road uh, if they if they run across it. Brings me to another question. This question is this: If I go out and let's just take uh, let's just go with squirrel tail. Let's go with that first. If I go out and I find a squirrel on the on the city streets of Murfreesboro and I cut that tail off and tie a fly out of it, and then I go down to the river and find a squirrel dead, hopefully, uh, by the river, and I cut that squirrel's tail off of it, which one's going to catch more fish? The one in the city streets from the city streets of Murfreesboro or a big town? Or the one that's been, been eating all the food and hanging out around the river and getting all those natural uh, ingredients from that area? Just something to ponder. These guys will let you know real quick. Most of way, effective way to fish is to catch fish is to go nymphing. And fish are just, they're just hoping that those fish will wait, wait until their fly goes slipping by them and just eat their fly only. And they think 
streamers and Eurodiffin for is for amateurs, but really, they're really all about fine drifts more than anything. Normally, they like to drink some beer, but fine bourbon is right up their alley. Cigars, oh yeah, these folks will smoke some cigars, and they have some time to do that in between men's. They are really just one with the bother. Then, moving on to the dry fly purist. We have all talked about this person uh, and seen them in fly shops and seen them at, at shows, but they are always talking about exotic hackles, where they're getting their exotic hackles. I got this tackle and that hackle. And this size, size, size 16, and it won't work on an 18. And if I use an 18, I'd probably want to use a 20 because the smaller, the better, the bigger, the better. They all file on different different sides of that, that same coin. And they're on the message board. They're talking about patterns and materials, same conversations that they have in the fly shop. This person fishes probably 200 days a year, and they probably catch 77 trout. Frustrated is probably the word that comes to mind mostly because it's got to be frustrating with uh, with a catch rate that low, although it's a ton of fun to catch a fish on a dry fly. So there's trade-off there. That probably also sends them to regular therapy sessions on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it's it's the most elegant way to fish, and it's what everybody thinks about, but or so they say. But if you're careful and you watch them carefully, you can see them from time to time tie a midge off of off of the bend of the hook of a dry fly with some six X. Just to let them bring the catch rate up, probably up to that 77 out of 200 days. Nips and streamers, just they're just way too crude for these folks. They usually drink fine scotch, though. I'll have to give them that. Sometimes they also smoke a pipe on the river, and there is nothing like the smell of a fine pipe on the river. Just for fun, I like to drop a squirmy in their box sometimes just to see them freak out. But anyway, so we've been through several things. If you listen real close in there, you might pick up something. Although I may not have came out and really said it, but I can tell you this, Adam, your buddy thinks the way that he fishes is the only way that that uh, is worthy of fly fishing. I'm not sure which one of the folks that I just described that your friend is. That's pretty one sided and it really does. You don't have a lot of variety in your life if you're really tuned into just one thing like that. And Adam, I say this, work on your own game. Be as good as you can be. Fish whichever discipline you want to fish. Practice in the yard if you need to. Um, tie whatever you want to tie. If you want to tie flies, fine. If you want to buy flies, tie flies, fine. Get on the water, though, as much as you can. That's that's a, that's a big deal. And sometimes life will allow you to get on the water more times than others. And I've been through both of those. But, Adam, I'll say this to you. Answer your question is pick your friends wisely. If you have a question for the mailboat, just send us an email or a text. You can give us a positive review wherever you consume podcasts. That'd be fantastic. If you find that that entertaining or any wisdom in there at all, just go to Southeastern Fly Shop, uh, click on the store, and just make a purchase. That'd be fantastic. But you just listen to the mailboat on Southeastern Fly. I'll see you next time.